Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly. On this episode, I'm joined by Dan Moyers, the Hoosier behind Catchflow. Dan shares his fishing journey, and we take a deep dive into all things Catchflow. Dan loves you guys so much that for the rest of the month of September, you can get 10% off your footwear purchase by using the code TAF10, that's T-A-F and the number 10, all together at checkout. Head over to catchflow.com to see all of Dan's cool creations and get your discount today. But before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend and please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcatcher of your choice. It really helps us out. And a shout out to this episode's sponsor. This episode's brought to you by our friends at Artisan Angler. If you're looking for a better way to organize your flies, tippet, and tools, you should check out the fly trap at artisananglerllc.com. I've dropped the link in the show notes. They sell direct through Amazon, so you get prime shipping and free returns. It doesn't get any easier than that. Make your time on the water more productive and check out the fly trap today. Now, on to our interview. Well, Dan, welcome to the Articulate Fly. Marvin, it's great to be here and appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to our conversation and we have a tradition on the Articulate Fly. We like to ask all of our guests to share their earliest fishing memory. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. You're taking me way back. Uh, Let's see. I would say probably classic elementary school days. I grew up in uh, Ohio in a relatively small town called Springfield between good old Columbus and Dayton. So by fishing tents, like the middle of nowhere. So for me, it was hitting the farm ponds all over the place with a older fellow in the neighborhood that was an outdoorsman, kind of a Bear grills kind of guy. And kind of took me under his wing and we uh, did a lot of still water fishing. And then I was able to cap it off with just domination at the uh, local uh, uh, lagoon. We had like an annual fishing derby and I used to clean up for, I guess we got lucky, clean up in my age range back in the day, catching like 60 bluegill in three hours taking home some trophy <laughs> yeah that's pretty neat and so you had a buddy like uh, bear grills did you ever have to jump out of a tree with a bowie knife in your teeth well with this guy i mean anything was possible so i think if i would have hung out with him longer like in later into my youth i'm pretty sure something like that would happen this guy was this guy was fearless he was legendary yeah pretty neat and so when did you come to the dark side of fly fishing Oh, man. Great question as well. So I went away uh, just from fishing in general as I got into my teens and college years. I got way into the sport of golf and uh, partying, messing around, doing other uh, maybe typical things. But in my late 20s, I think it was late 20s, I worked with a couple of colleagues when I lived uh, out in Denver, and they were just avid fly anglers and they got me just uh, curious i would talk to them and then all of a sudden you spend a little bit of time on the internet or the early days of the internet back then i'm like oh hold on this is this is interesting and then one of the guys uh, lend me some gear and gave me just a few kind of basic uh, pointers and tips and then i tend to be the person to just go out you know try fail learn do try over etc so i just went out and i was fortunate to be living in denver at the time and hit some uh, local, uh, I'll say user-friendly waterways and just got after it. So for me, it was probably at this point, 25 years ago, late 90s, I was uh, probably mid to late 20s. But it was about seeing a couple of guys, in this case, that I happened to work with and just seeing how much they were in love with it. I'm like, hold on a second. There's there's something here. I at least want to scratch the itch and and see where it goes. Yeah, very, very cool. And so 
you know, you started out teaching yourself. Did you stay that way or did you have some mentors that showed you some cool things along the way? Yeah, great question as well. Um, and then interestingly, as far as like a mentor, I didn't bump into what you and I probably think of as a true, super helpful hands-on mentor until I moved back to my roots in the Midwest from Colorado with my wife. We'd started a family and wanted to move back closer to family. And my neighbor, call it uh, half a block down in the neighborhood, was uh, and is just a tremendous fly angler here in Indiana, which is where I live, particularly smallmouth, but then uh, very uh, proficient in trout fishing and you know goes all over the place, but does a lot of fishing in Indiana. So, because he was so close, I would just tag along with him, and he was just a really patient, really, really good teacher. His name's Todd Settle, and uh, he's just a very well-known guy uh, here in Indiana, in particular. And he uh, just just was helpful, and uh, was he used to you know bust my chops and give me a hard time. He's kind of you know one of those guys that if you if you do something that you need to do better, he's gonna kind of make a sarcastic uh, angle on it. But that kind of made it fun, and you know, kind of the back and forth. But Todd was really my first mentor. And I think some examples I was thinking about mentors were how do they actually help you? And part of it was maybe two parts. First of all, he really helped me understand like how to read water. Cause let's assume that the 90% of the fish are in, you know, 10, 20% of the water is maybe the general theory. And so reading water, just to even give yourself a shot was really, really key to learn about from him. And then of course in fly fishing for me, at least, um, somewhat similar in golf, I have a little bit of a quick tendency from the top. And so I need to just be patient on the back cast and kind of let things unfold before then I have the uh, forward stroke. And so those were two things that basically got me functional where I was generally able, if I read the water right and conditions were right, I was able to catch fish each time out. But that's because of Todd. He was like, dude, here's a couple things we got to work on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so, you know, growing up in the Midwest, moving to the Rockies and coming back, you know, are you a trout guy mostly or do you like smallmouth or do you like steelhead or are you just kind of anything with fins is what you want to do? <laughs> I probably focus on two species and, and really it's a combination of, of where I live most of the time, which is here in Indiana. So this is really smallmouth country and just in a fantastic way. We just have some really, really, uh, I'll call them world-class, but certainly in the Midwest and nationally, some great smallmouth streams here like Sugar Creek in the central part of Indiana. So uh, a good portion of the year when I'm here, pretty smallmouth focused. We have a couple of tailwaters and different uh, trout fisheries here in Indiana that are nice. Um, but I do spend six weeks a year minimum out in Colorado in Southwest Colorado. I've got a camper out there and I work and fish and play from out there so then i'm a trout guy so if i kind of step back i'm probably like in terms of what i, I appreciate or like the most for me species wise it's probably 51 percent trout 49 percent smallies and if i bump into a big fat bluegill or a crappie or a rock bass here and there I'm, I'm happy with that too yeah there you go so you know what's your favorite piece of smallmouth water and what's your favorite piece of trout water yeah, absolutely. So for me in Indiana, and this is just a stone's throw from me, it's 30, 45 minutes an hour from here is this is Sugar Creek and uh, a lot of pretty darn publicly accessible water there and just a great, uh, it's really walk and wade friendly, which is really for me, the kind of, of fly fishing I like to do. Uh, certainly been in drift boats before and understand and appreciate that and have enjoyed my time in those, but I really just like to immerse. So here in Indiana for me, it's Sugar Creek. And, and out in Colorado, it's in that southwest part of the state. So I love the 
San Miguel and some of the uh, high country water uh, in the Ridgeway, Colorado area, which is where I'm based out there when I'm in Colorado. This is the uh, Cimarron and the Little Cimarron. And then what's kind of neat, too, is in Colorado, as I'm coming out or as I'm going home, I can hit the Arkansas, I can hit the Eagle, you know, along I-70, Arkansas is down more near Salida and Canyon City. And I don't know, I'm, I've been making pretty much the grand tour of Colorado in the last couple of years. And uh, it's hard to pick one there, but uh, Southwest Colorado is like my home water region, if you will, out there. Yeah, very neat. And then, you know, you probably cut into your fishing time just a little bit. Uh, you're the founder. Yeah. yeah, you're the founder of a pretty new fly fishing brand, Catchflow. And I was really kind of curious about, you know, why you wanted to start the brand and kind of what opportunity or need did you see in the market? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I definitely, and you and I have talked a little bit about this before, Marvin, is the, the why behind why somebody or a group of people creates or founds anything, whether it's a business or a nonprofit or just any type of initiative, to me personally, is always really important. Like, what's your why? What's the reason behind why you think this exists and why you're spending time and energy and sometimes capital and, and doing that? And for me, Catchflow was, I'll call it a classic example of I wanted some casual fly fishing themed footwear a couple of years ago. This is during the pandemic, um, uh, the height of the pandemic, where I was out fishing and fly fishing more. And I'm just like, just getting more deeply into it. And I've always loved footwear for some reason. Um, I'm definitely an apparel guy, a lifestyle apparel guy in particular. And But within that, I just love footwear. I've got more pairs of shoes than probably any you know guy should have but i'm okay with that ultimately so i got on the internet as most people do and and uh just could not find anything it was either what i call like cheap cheesy kind of literal fish shoes that uh just didn't appeal to me and frankly looked just cheap and cheesy wasn't going to spend my my money on those and then on the upper end pretty amazing like custom painted uh, vans, for example, just amazing, like pieces of art <laughs> that if you bought them, let's say they were a couple hundred dollars, you probably wouldn't wear them with regularity because they're so cool and so nice. There was just nothing in the middle. Uh, frankly, I didn't want to go to Dick Sports and buy a pair of Columbia PFG, generally generic shoes. While I'm a Hey Dudes and a Vans fans, they're you know big mainstream brands. They're not going to do much in a real fishy way. And I'm like, hold on a second. Maybe there's an opportunity here. And so that was the the impetus is honestly trying to solve my own problem and then thinking, hey, if I've got this need, need's probably a better word for it, then I wonder if there's a thousand or maybe 10,000 or maybe hundreds of thousands amongst the several million fly anglers in the U.S. that might be interested in this. And off we went. First of all, down the research rabbit hole, market research, always step one in starting a business is understand or try to understand the, the size and the nature of the market you might be going into. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because you and I have talked about this before. I mean, you're also at a great price point where it's not like $300 for a pair of shoes that you don't want to scuff at a fly fishing show, right? Yeah, well said. I appreciate that. And I certainly, uh, because we're non-technical as well, I think price point is even more important. And yeah, because we're not uh, you know, trying to be, uh, I'll just go back to being technical it allows us to kind of play in this, depending on the style of shoe, play in this 30 to 40 upwards to 70 or $80 is kind of where we hang out, depending on style, shoe versus sandal versus slipper. 
And it's a fun place to be, but it's a competitive place. I mean, you have to pay mind to what folks' alternative choices are in, around non-fishy alternatives. So we we have to keep an eye on the market and what somebody can get for 50 or 60 or 70 or $80. And our quality's got to be on par. And then obviously what we bring to the table is the the true uniqueness and the, the fish or the fishy theme to it that uh, I feel like only a a niche focus brand can do because we're, we're not trying to be everything to everybody that some of the larger mainstream footwear brands need to be. And that's fine. That's their business model. We can just be what we want to be to, to our niche market and allows us to, I think, bring a little bit more soul, pardon the pun to the table with, with how we're doing it and what we're doing. But I appreciate the comment on price point. We do try to make things accessible and a good value. We just, we're not, we're not gougers. We're not somebody that's going to charge uh, 150 bucks for a pair of shoes that ultimately the, the consumer can go out and find for 60 or 70 or 80 bucks. We're just, we're just not going to do it. Yeah. You also get to avoid the brain damage. Um, I think I did this with one of my, my sons, they got a custom pair of vans, but you got to like upload the artwork and do all that stuff. And you know, it's a, yeah. it's a quick, yeah. easy turn with you guys, right? little bit of a process and part of what we've tried to do as well and I, I know you you've acknowledged this is if you spend a little time getting to know our brand is in in our opinion and this is just me being a consumer of footwear for years and years paying attention kind of being a nerd in that market is footwear is all about like freshness and variety and footwear is very 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 personal to people maybe even more personal than you know a t-shirt or a hat some of the different things that that um, you know people have uh, to spend money on in the lifestyle apparel uh, area and so for us we just try to keep it fresh and uh, whether it's you know a different uh, spin on an existing uh, shoe for us with a new color scheme or a tweak to a design but we're dropping new products uh, regularly like for us it's typically uh, at least every other month and a lot of times we get in kind of a monthly rhythm and with footwear you I mean you got to keep it we think you just got to keep it keep it moving and grooving or people get stale and bored. Next thing you know, you're out of favor. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting too, right? Because, you know, you know this better than a lot of people, you know, with startups, you're never really done, right? Um, oh, yeah. There's all, yeah, yeah, there's always something. But, you know, I was kind of curious if you remember that moment, you know, when you knew that you hadn't been crazy to start the company. Yeah, that's a neat, that's a neat way to think about it is, is maybe there's, you, you sort of calm yourself down uh, at a certain period and say, okay, hang on a sec. This wasn't uh, uh, a waste of time or something that was like some crazy off the wall, wacky idea. But for us thinking back is we started, I started the brand really out of nowhere back in June. We launched in June of 2021. So we're barely a year old. Let's round it up and say 15 months at this point. Uh, but thinking back on that, it was within the first couple months where you get those first, I'm going to call it couple of dozen uh, sales to folks that aren't just friends and family, you know, to to John Smith out in Oregon or to to Sally Jones in Georgia, wherever it might be. And then you're seeing them, whether it's a positive review or you're checking in with some of those early customers to say, hey, what do you think? And you're hearing just positive feedback. And it was like, ah, there we go. And, uh, and that's when it, it felt, you felt at peace that you had something that the market wanted. Now, how big is the market? How many people want it? You're going to find that out over time. But just to know that we were able to, to create something that people other than just myself wanted and who got it 
and then really enjoyed it and would share some stories back was like, to me, that's what it's all about. I really like, and this is why I've always been drawn to startups, is making things that, whatever those things are, making things that will help uh, make some, you know, bring, bring joy to somebody else or help somebody else's in some way, shape or form, life or work situation uh, be better. And, and footwear is kind of a neat way to do it. You know, you look down and what's unlike a hat or a shirt, you look down, you can be reminded of your passion because you can actually see the shoes on your feet. And then I might, one of my things that I just get a kick out of is we'll, we'll get folks that'll will let us know it's, Hey, I was at a party and somebody asked me about what I was wearing or I was at a family function. And it's, there's a, I don't know if you call it a camaraderie, but there's something conversational about a pair of fishy footwear. Not that you don't have that with a really cool hat or a shirt, but footwear is just, it just has a little bit more standoutedness to it is, is my view. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things that people don't really expect to see being different, right? Yeah, I think so. I think right. you're right. You know, because I mean, you know, how many rock and roll band t-shirts have we both looked at, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I, think, I think it's a great way to, to think about it. I hadn't really thought about it in those terms or those words, but I, I do think that's that's what it is. And it's for us just to maybe uh, circle back on that a little bit. We're, it's not lost on us that this is what I consider a new category within lifestyle apparel, in this case, within fly fishing, which is the idea of fishy shoes or a brand that's just doing fishy shoes. So we actually embrace being a pioneer and, and perhaps educating the market or bringing people along, much like Vans did back in the day as they brought kind of skate culture to the more mainstream culture, as an example. And so we're, uh, we're having fun being a... Uh, I don't know if trendsetters, right? Where we, we have fun stirring the pot and saying, hey, who, who says you can't wear fishy shoes? Yeah. You know? Well, and the really cool thing, too, is, right, you launched your company basically in 2021 and there was no show season, right? Because even if we hadn't had yeah. COVID, there were no fly fishing shows. Sure. I mean, that's pretty strong to basically yeah. come out and everybody's fishing. Yeah. They're not going to fly fishing shows. Yeah, well said. I think I think thinking back, that part was something I could have researched better because uh, <laughs> it may, it makes sense now because I think we may have met Marvin for the first time. Maybe it was at the Denver Fly Fishing Show, or maybe it was the Indiana Show. There's just we met each other in that show environment. I just didn't have a sense uh, for a product like ours, which does tend to be a touch it, feel it, see it product. Uh, how important shows are, and so that yeah, looking back. <laughs> Might have, might have been able to choose better timing, but when we went to our first show, which was the Denver Fly Fishing Show, in terms of our first larger show, and that was earlier in, um, yeah, bear with me here, it was earlier this year, um, that was um, that was neat because we just had a busy booth the whole time and got to really engage with people and just we're just we're trying to we're just a fun brand, uh, try to be fun, and it was just that was kind of the vibe of the booth and it was great. Other than the fact that your, I think your, what is it, your truck got broken into or stolen? Yeah, truck truck got stolen <laughs> the night before the show from in front of my buddy's house. Uh, thankfully, I'd gotten all of the stuff out of the truck over and staged at the show. But yeah, I wake up the morning of the show, truck's gone. And I, for whatever reason, I was in this sort of zen or calm state where you might fly off the handle. I'm like, oh, it's time to get an Uber and go to the show because I've invested a good bit of money to go to the show. And then just soldiered on made some fun of it on instagram and had people come up at the booth and go man sorry to hear about your truck and then the crazy news is i go back from the show and a couple days after getting back to my home in indiana i get a call and they recovered the truck and got her fixed went out and got it so i still got the truck 
with a whole bunch of new parts. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, new catalytic yeah. converter and all that kind of good stuff. Um. <laughs> yeah, few, few things were missing, and it was it was a hoot. Uh, it looked like, from what we could tell, like somebody grabbed it and went joyriding. And then in the back seat, it's kind of super random, but in the back seat was a big like binder of like kids DVD movies. And so I don't know if it was a maybe a family that grabbed it and went flying around for a while and gave up, but they left. I got like seventy five like Shrek movies or DVD <laughs> left well, in the truck. Well, there you go. And you know, so you're you're relatively young. We'll say rounding up fifteen months. You know, what yeah. is your long term vision for Catchflow? Yeah, I would say, and this this is something that you I think as an entrepreneur and a startup is you're always you know tweaking and evolving. A lot of times, hopefully, through listening to the market, is what does the market want more from you or want less from you, or what are the other market needs? But I can tell you a couple things. We we have been from the get go, and obviously are today, and we will remain focused exclusively on footwear. We have no interest in going into the already, I'd say, pretty mature, crowded, filled with many great brands already space of apparel more broadly, uh, T-shirts, hats, sun shirts, et cetera, all sorts of really great stuff already out there. So we're going to continue to trailblaze, go deeper in the footwear market. Footwear for us is, is shoes, it's sandals, it's slippers, it's socks, it's things that go on your feet, as you would guess. But I will say, and this is just part of this is just interest from the broader market. We will continue to broaden our appeal. And this can go so far as on the design level too, to uh, fishing more broadly versus our roots, if you will, in fly fishing super important to us. It's where we came from. It's my personal passion and obsession, but you will see us broaden out into maybe sport fishing more broadly. For example, for, for, I think a pretty good example of that is you would likely in the future see us at an ICAST as well as at an IFTD and as at other fishing shows uh, versus uh, fly fishing shows, which I'm excited about. There's passion everywhere in fishing. Yeah, very neat. And I know, you know, fly fishing is kind of your side hustle. You know, how has your day <laughs> yeah. job helped you with catch flow? Yeah, a lot of different ways. And and part of it is the common theme, if you will, between catch flow and what my day job is today. And then over the last 25 plus year career I've had in business has been um, being a part of creating or soon after something's created, joining us startups. I just love the early stage of that, bringing something that doesn't exist in the world, whether it's a technical innovation or a design innovation or a different point of view. But just having been for 20, at this point, 25 plus years with different startup businesses, particularly in technology, which is all about moving fast and, and being disruptive in a smart way and being nimble, all these different things, listening to the market and, and not just thinking you have all the answers. Those things have, have really helped me uh, be mindful of. It's not what I think it's what does the market want? And if you don't ask your customers or people that you just bump into on the street, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? Um, so I've learned a lot about that from my other startup experience. And then also just being a part of managing some pretty good sized departments or divisions as I do now within a company, it's understanding uh, actual strategic planning and cash flow and cash management and finance or in the case of uh, hard goods, you know, you have to understand your supply chain. So just a whole set of things. But if I think about it and try to sum it all up, it is, you know, cash is king if you're running a business. So you got to be financially uh, disciplined. And then secondly, like talk to the market, talk to your customers. They'll tell you what they want. 
and then go make that and then make sure they're happy in terms of customer service and follow through and all those kind of things. So pretty fundamental stuff, but been really fortunate to have a lot of business experience that's a, that I've been able to, to try to bring to catch flow, which uh, is a business for sure. But for me, it's in a, it's in a fun space. I mean, uh, selling things to individuals, whether it's to you or, or heck my mother-in-law, whomever it is, it, it's just a lot of fun, especially when it's something non-technical and, and not super serious, like casual footwear. Yeah. And so, you know, how is Catchflow different from your other startups? And, you know, do you have kind of a a biggest yeah, yeah biggest challenge or surprise that's kind of jumped out to you at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first difference is my career, including my day job now, has been in what business terms often refer to as business to business, particularly in technology. So I would I work for and have worked for companies that create software that businesses buy and use. That's been a general theme for me. But with Catchflow, it's a business to consumer, it's a consumer product, which is wholly different. And I love both for different reasons. So my uh uh, juxtaposition, I, I guess, in any given day is I, I get like joy from both different uh, angles, which is uh, which is really, really cool. And then thinking about what so far, and you learn so much, it's hard to sort through it all. But what I've learned about Catchflow is if ever there is an industry that is about uh, your word is bond and handshakes and people first, it's fly fishing. I mean, it's all about building relationships with, uh, for us, it's maybe it's our, our representatives that are taking our product out into retail or the retailers that have it or customers who are buying online or people in the industry like you. It's it's a people industry. It's not, in my view, transactional. And there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it. And it's ultimately, I, th- I think of it as a bigger industry fly fishing than people give it credit for, but it also is a small, relatively tight-knit and everybody's a degree or two separated. And so that's been eye-opening for sure. And But I like that because the relationship part of it is a lot. We would have never met if I hadn't started Catch Flow. And I think we'll, we are, we are uh, friends and I think we'll be friends for a long time. And I think that's, that's one of the neat parts is I've kind of found my tribe, if you will, within fly fishing is how I think about it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, fly fishing people are some of the most generous people you'll ever come across ever. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Salt to the earth folks that, uh, are very thoughtful, very passionate. And we're a brand that if you're not passionate about fly fishing, you're probably not going to embrace uh, a pair of catch flows and but i just think passion has kind of a you know there's a big continuum there but it's just fun to be around people that are into it and then being on the water and and being able to to work in a a uh, for me at this point <laughs> i think a healthy obsession but i fish i fish probably 75 or 100 days a year i'm on the water at some way shape or form fishing and you just meet people everywhere you go and i probably fish consistently in half a dozen different states tennessee michigan indiana hoping to get up to the Driftless soon in Wisconsin and then Colorado and Utah. And I've met just in 15 months of starting Catchflow, and you're an example of that. I've met hundreds of just great people, characters, like fo- folks that are just damn interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting too, right? Because I mean, you're way out there on the far side of the normal distribution in terms of number of days you fish a year. But, you know, the great thing about a product <laughs> so, like, yeah, the great thing about a product like Catchflow though is, you know, it's an easy way to wear it, feel connected. It's like if you tie flies when you're not fishing, you feel connected and yes. then other people see you and they kind of know your deal, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's a perfect way to look at it. And I definitely know I'm I'm on, on that extreme end. And just to be clear, it's not full days on the water fishing. It's an hour or two here and there, but it's just on the water. But your point is 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 spot on. It's part of why I feel like this brand, uh, so far so good, but needs to exist in the world is because people spend, let's say, 99% of their time, even if they're passionate about fishing or fly fishing off the water, that's just normal life. And how do you take that passion with you? And then, frankly, going back to when you look down, every time I look down at a pair of catch flows, and it's not just because I'm biased because it's my brand and company, but I'm reminded of fly, just even if it's for a split second, I'm like, that's, I like that, you know? Yeah, super cool. And so I was really kind of curious, too, if you could share a little bit about your design process and kind of how it works and yeah. like, you know, how long uh, from the time that the ideal light bulb goes off till you're shipping out new yeah. product. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, appreciate a chance to talk a little bit about that, too. So for us and at present, you know, we're a small company, a small brand uh, at present. I what I do is step back because I'm out there touching, feeling, sensing the market in terms of where people's interests and, and appetite uh, appetites are. So basically, I step back and determine a theme that I think is important to tap into <clears throat> with our footwear. And the theme for us could be uh, the obvious, like a species of fish. Or it could be a theme around what we do. We have a home waters-based shoe. We have a guide-oriented shoe, a fly tire-oriented shoe. So we we land on a theme. When I say we, it's myself and then our lead designer. Uh, his name is Luke Todd, and he's a super fishy guy. He's done a lot of different design work as a freelancer for some different brands. And so I come to Luke with a, a, a concept based on a theme. So let's just pick, um, well, here's an example. This is just at the concept stage, but but uh, blue lighting, uh, creaking, whatever you might want to call it, is definitely a thing. It's something that I do down in Tennessee and Western North Carolina. And so we're going to do a blue line uh, uh, themed shoe. And so I've got some different concepts and I share those, like for me, I'm not an artist, but I share those with Luke and then he comes back to me with concepts based on my uh, general direction. So I might think of myself as the creative director, but Luke is the man, the man with the plan. And so he'll send concepts back to me and then we'll, what we call iterate or do different revs of that. But to answer your question, I think in the simple terms, it could take us um, uh, anywhere from just a couple of weeks to get through something. If we really kind of hit right away to sometimes we'll grind on something for maybe it's 20 or 30 different revs over, you know, 60 days to get there. And that uh, it's it's a fun process, very collaborative. You know, Luke's great at what he does, and I feel I'm 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 able to do a good job of coming up with interesting market aware themes and give him direction. And then we just we just work on it, and and we're not we don't put it out until we're satisfied. Like in some respects, if it's not something that I think would um, you know catch my eye or other types, of, if I have a whole network of folks that I just bounce ideas off of, there are ambassadors, so I always bring. Uh, push ideas out to them and say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But it's a real process. It doesn't happen in a day or two, but it doesn't take like months and months and months, but we take it very seriously because somebody's spending right now for us 78 bucks on a pair of shoe. You better, you better expect that somebody put some time, effort and thought into that shoe. It's not, it's not like a $7 pair of something at Walmart, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, do you plan in the future to kind of you know, broaden your artist stable or is Luke your guy? And that's, you know, it's what you two guys do together. Are you kind of looking for other people with kind of different takes on things? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a, a really interesting point because we are beginning to work more directly with like actual artists. So first of all, Luke is a graphic designer and really, really good at it. But Luke, Luke is gonna he has certainly his own ideas and concepts, but he is somebody that takes direction or takes an idea and brings it to reality, whether it's from a brand or a person, you know, like Catchflow or us or some of his other clients. But we um, are working actually with uh, artists um, on uh, through collaborations. So an example, there is a fellow, he's a really excellent uh, saltwater fly angler and guide in Australia. And, but he's also a very, has a very neat illustrative style, particularly around saltwater species. His name is Al Simpson. He goes by Ketafly on Instagram. So we have a series of salt, um, uh, salt water species shoes that we do under the salt town heading with him. It's his art that we put on the shoe. And then he and I collaborate around the layout of the art on the shoe and the color palette. And then uh, later this month, uh, actually we're talking here in August. So later in August, we are doing a collaboration with an up and coming artist by the name of Piper Nunn, who's based out of Golden, Colorado, who I've gotten to know. And she has a really neat style. She's a painter of, of um, in sort of very vibrant colors, of, of fishy things on reclaimed wood. That's like a specialty for her. So we are working where we're going to bring some of her art to a Piper Nun collab shoe. And then uh, in the future, yeah, we're just going to keep looking to work with more uh, artists. Um, there's a couple of other folks on my radar at some point I'd like to get connected with and get to know. I know Derek DeYoung is a really well-known popular person and would love the opportunity to work with somebody like that. Uh, Travis Krause out of Colorado, somebody I've talked with and of course, I'm personally a huge fan of Andrea Larco and what she does. We haven't been able to get together on something yet. But it's those kind of people that art on a shoe, just like art on a hat or art on a T-shirt, I think is a really neat opportunity. Yeah, very neat. And kind of stepping back from that for a second, you know, what is your kind of your goal for your overall artistic feel for Catchflow? Yeah, I think particularly with footwear, which tends to need to fit in with a given look that you're going for. Maybe it completes the look or it starts to look. But first and foremost, uh, something that is colorful, that has some personality to it. I mean, the world is just flooded with, you know, just pure black, gray, brown, frankly, boring shoes. And that's, that's fine. It just, it's, it's not me. I like stuff that has a little bit of, uh, you know, color and personality uh, to it. So the first thing that we try to, we try to make sure is evident is real thoughtfulness around color palette of a shoe, whether it's some color blocking. We're certainly always trying to leverage the amazing colors of different fish, whether it's smallmouth or different species of trout. But then just going back to hopefully through talking about our process there, that it's something unique. Like we've got some angle or something that maybe it's just the placement of a certain piece of, of imagery on the shoe, but in an interesting place that creates some kind of uniqueness. And then really just stepping back, when somebody looks at the shoe, we we want them to feel like it's a shoe, like worthy or footwear worthy of their passion. So it's got to have just, it's kind of hard to like describe. It's like, you know it when you see it, it's just not some me too or some knockoff copycat shoe. We really do have try to come up with our own point of view, so to speak on, on, on design. And I think that's probably the broad way that I describe it. Honestly, every piece of footwear is different for us. It's, it's uh, every just like every species of fish is different. Rainbow trout don't look like brown trout, don't look like brook trout or cutties. So, yeah, but I would say, right, if you look at your species shoes, they all have a yeah. similar feel, even if they don't look the same. 
Correct. Yeah. Consistency, especially we're in retail now. So especially when you're dealing with retailers, you got to picture what it's going to look like as they might bring in your footwear to their store. And just like any, I think, good apparel brand, whether it's technical or non-technical, there needs to be a, uh, a cohesiveness to it so that it looks like it's not just somebody frankly, in the back of the garage doing a bunch of random stuff. So you're right. We definitely, uh, and this, we do this annually. We'll tend to do like an annual refresh. We'll kind of bring out our new um, aesthetic. Maybe that's the best word for it. And then we'll apply that across uh, what we're doing so that it feels, which is what it is, like thoughtful and planned and somebody that's serious about being in the footwear business. Yeah. Interesting too. I'll also always like to ask uh, consumer brand folks, you know, other brands that they follow and look at for kind of inspiration um, at other places in the market. Yeah. Well, on the footwear side, it's a little bit tough because there isn't anybody else doing fishy footwear uh, in which the brand is only about footwear. So we, we, if anything, we've for footwear, um, what we try to do, I just kind of lay it out there. What we try to do is make sure we keep an eye on the, the popular styles of footwear. So you have like a van style slip on or a Hey Dude Wally style um, uh, chukka uh, kind of shoe. So we definitely pay attention to where styles going across footwear brands broadly. And then we're able to work with our manufacturers to source those styles and then apply our design to that. Because we're, we're ultimately not inventing new styles of shoes. We're bringing fishy designs to existing styles that are popular. So on the footwear front, I certainly am a, a big fan of Hey Dudes and Vans. I've got plenty of those. And, uh, and those are those are a couple of footwear brands that you pay a lot of attention to. And we're not an athletic footwear brand. So, you know, what Nike and Puma and Adidas and those guys are doing is, is kind of up to them. But within fly fishing, particularly, I pay mostly attention to lifestyle apparel because it's the general category that we we hang out in because people have only X amount of dollars to spend on lifestyle apparel and they're going to likely have hats and t-shirts and sun shirts and socks and different things to, you know, to pick from. So when I think about really design focused companies today in fly fishing that that I'm just personally impressed with is the, 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 the folks at uh, Dead Drift. Uh, fly company uh, just have a really distinct, very kind of geometric oriented, which is actually a fair bit of the work that Luke, uh, our lead designer, does has been in the geometric space. They have a really kind of geometric design. I think that's neat. Uh, Remedy uh, Provisions, I think, has a really uh, distinct, uh, interesting uh, aesthetic. Uh, I know and, and really like the the, the folks uh, involved with Yakota Supply uh, out of Colorado. Crooked Holler is a really neat brand, I think, out of North Carolina that just – they're just doing stuff differently. They're not doing – um, what I'd say kind of the genericized uh, Me Too type of stuff that's out there that is – I just think the world's got too much of that. Let's bring whoever's doing uh, lifestyle design-oriented stuff. Let's Let's bring something – Let's bring something fresh and new to the table. And then on the, I just want to give a shout out because I, I care most about personally, like paying attention to folks that are doing innovative things. And so on the more technical, and this would be more on the gear side, uh, and he's become a, a good friend is Scott Wilday and what he's doing with Lid Rig, where he's got a, uh, just kind of a different take on some very important uh, you know, products, whether it's uh, his take on nippers or his soon to be released, you know, fly box. It just, looking for people that are not going to just go with the status quo. It's like, let's, let's mix it up. Let's give the market something new and interesting to react to. 
Yeah, very neat. And you mentioned your release later this month of Piper's artwork. Do you have any other upcoming product releases or announcements you want to share with us? Yeah, we do. This is going to be an important month. We have taken the last uh, a bit of the kind of the dog days of summer to to work on some new species design that are part of us broadening our appeal as well, um, not just within fly fishing, but let's say over into some conventional fishing and have a little bit more geographic appeal. So we've got a handful of new species uh, footwear coming out. For instance, uh, we have a carp shoe. We've got a largemouth bass shoe, a striper shoe, a tiger trout shoe. And then we're going to do a refresh on our smallmouth existing shoe, just like an annual design refresh. So that's us just embracing um, so many of the species. I mean, carp on the fly is a really interesting example of something that people are just into. I personally don't don't fish for that species. That's just me. But there are people that are way, way into carp fishing. Of course, you know, conventional carp fishing has always been around, but carp on the fly is a thing. And I've got a number of inbound requests of like, when are you, when are you making carp shoes? When are you making carp shoes? I'm like, it's coming. So we're going to, we're going to release those. We're going to drop those here uh, by the end of the month as well. Yeah, that's very neat. Yeah. I've done the carp thing a few times and it is very humbling. Oh my gosh. From what I know is there as, as spooky and challenging to catch as, as anything and uh, but carp on the fly definitely a thing um so yeah we've got a a, what is that five or six different new species that we're going to light up and then we'll head to the back half of the year and do a a few other things i mentioned the um we don't have official drop date on it yet but we're going to do a blue line shoe we're thinking about a grand slam you think about the trout clan slam how might you bring all four species of that grand slam together on a, on a, on a shoe could be pretty interesting. And, you know, I think what we're going to end up doing here with Piper is going to be pretty neat. She's just a very dynamic young artist and passionate fly angler. And uh, you talk about somebody who's got a great why and kind of spirit behind what they're doing. It's just fun to collaborate with people like that. So Piper, the Piper nun, she's going to be great, I think. Yeah, that's really cool. And so, you know, folks are excited, right? They've been listening to us talk. Maybe they haven't seen your shoes before. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Where, where can people pick up a pair? Yeah, this, this is easy. Uh, uh, Catch Flow, and it's F-L-O, catchflow.com is where you can buy all, I think right now we're at 150 plus different uh, unique uh, styles to, to pick from. And that's across shoes and sandals and slippers. And we've got uh, some socks as well. So catchflow.com. And then we are growing, which I'm excited about in retail. And so we have a, a page on our website that lists some of the different, uh, not some of all the different retailers we're currently in. And and that's a growing opportunity and growing part of our business. And, and uh, we're excited about that as well. So online and in retail would be the simple answer. Yeah, and I'll make sure, obviously, we'll drop a link to your website in the show notes so folks oh, can sure. e- yeah, easily get to that. And then, you know, I know you're always in planning mode, right? But it's, it's a little early. <laughs> of course. Right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, do you have a feel for where folks could find you on the show circuit in 2023? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're definitely in the throes of not just planning, but uh, going back to, you know, the importance of financial discipline in any business, let alone a startup where where your capital is, is sometimes a bit constrained as we were budgeting for that as well. So for sure, we're going to be at the Denver Fly Show. That's just our to date largest market, as you might guess, has been Colorado. And so we, we, we just love going out there. We've done it once and Ben uh, Fromiski and his, um, his team from the Fly Fishing Show do a great job. So we'll be back in Denver, uh, here in our home state of Indiana. So I live just north of Indianapolis in a little town called Zionsville. It's like a bedroom community Indy. So we'll do the Indiana uh, Fly Show. We're likely to go up to Michigan. There's a uh, uh, base in Detroit. There's a pretty good-sized Michigan show. 
Um, hoping, hoping that uh, ICAST might be in our future next year. Uh, that's more of a retail focus show and IFTD, of course, as well with AFTA. And then we shall see if schedules and budget allows, but would like to get to a few of the other fly fishing uh, show circuit shows like in Atlanta, maybe California and New Jersey. So I'd say anywhere from two to eight, Marvin. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, we'll just have to keep track of you on social media. Um, so Thank we, you. Yeah. We yeah. always try to post our, post our adventures on there. Yeah. And so, you know, Dan, before I let you hop this evening, is there anything that I've left out that you'd like to share with our listeners? I don't think so. I, this has just been great because you've afforded us a chance to to get a little deeper into why we do what we do and frankly how, which you don't always have a chance to do that when you meet somebody kind of in passing on the water or, or at a show. So you've had a, given us a chance to, to cover everything and uh, couldn't, couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, well, it's been my pleasure. And, you know, what's the best way for folks to follow catch flow in your fishing adventures? Absolutely. So Instagram is where we are most uh, focused and, and and concentrated and active. So we're at Catchflow on Instagram. And of course, our website, which has our links to our other social media, we have a YouTube channel, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook. Uh, but Instagram is our uh, is our go-to. I've met, made so many great uh, connections through Instagram for, for all of social media's um, challenges. I think that uh, it, it's been, it's actually for us, at least it's been a great place to meet people. Uh, well, that's great. Well, listen, Dan, I really appreciate you carving a little bit of time out for me. Yeah, we do as well. Thanks so much, Marvin. Enjoyed being on and thanks for the opportunity. Take care and be well. All right. Thank you. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, if you like the podcast, please tell a friend and please subscribe and leave us a rating review in the podcatcher of your choice. Tight lines, everybody. Mm-hmm.